<clears throat> All right. Well, let's see where to begin. So we have the one like homework reading assignment and then the uh, actual preface. So let's let's dive into the preface and then we'll uh, kind of talk about the the other. Um, now that I can screen share, you guys, you don't even know how much you're going to get <laughs> sick of screen share. <laughs> um, let's go to the preface. Now I don't have to read everything by myself. Okay, um, so can I have a volunteer to read the first half of this? Uh, probably like the, the first like four uh, paragraphs, whether you have it uh, on the screen or if you have like the actual copy of it. I can read. Yeah, that'd be great, thank you. Everybody else seeing it? Cause it just is the going round round saying it's he started screen sharing, but it doesn't come through. I can see it on my end. I can see it. Okay. Low phone. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Ready? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Dear brethren, we deem it to be unnecessary to er entertain you with a lengthy preface to the following volume, but merely to say that it contains, in short, the leading items of the religion which we have professed to believe. The first part of the book will be found to contain a series of lectures as delivered before a theological class in this place, Kirtland, Ohio, and in consequence of their embracing the important doctrine of salvation, we have arranged them into the following work. The second part contains items of principles for the regulation of the church as taken from the revelations which have been given since its organization, as well as former ones. This preface, oh wait. Mm -hmm. Mine is not the same. Interesting. Interesting. I was reading from my book because it started out the same. Uh-huh, yeah. So okay. this is the paragraph you just left off on. And so is yours mine. paragraphs or... No, it's way shorter than this. Wow, this is the one I have. Uh-huh, okay. Interesting. Anyway, I'll keep reading off the screen. Mm -hmm. There may be an aversion in the minds of some against receiving anything purporting to be articles of religious faith in consequence of there being so many now extant. But if men believe a system and profess that it was given by inspiration, certainly the more intelligibly they can present it, the better. It does not make a principle untrue to print it, neither does it make it true not to print it. The church viewing the subject to be of importance appointed through their servants and delegates, the high council, your servants to select and compile this work, Several reasons might be adduced in favor of this move of the council, but we only add a few words. They knew that the church was evil spoken of in many places, its faith and belief misrepresented, and the way of truth thus subverted. But some of it was re represented as disbelieving the Bible by others as being an enemy to all good order and uprightness, and by others as being injurious to the peace of all governments, civil and political. We have therefore endeavor, endeavored to, pre, to present, though in few words, our belief, and when we say this, humbly trust 
the faith and principles of this society as a body. We do not present this little volume with any other expectation than that we are to be called to answer to every principle advanced in that day when the secrets of all hearts will be revealed and the reward of every man's labor be given him. With sentiments of esteem and sincere respect, we subscribe ourselves, your brethren, in the bonds of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, Joseph Smith Jr., Oliver Cowdery, Sidney Rigdon, and F.G. Williams. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a preface, right? But man, there, there's quite a few things in there that it's like, huh. Um, like, like this paragraph right here was just standing out to me uh, quite a bit that we do not present this little volume with any other expectation. You know, anytime somebody says something like that, it's like, hmm, makes me like wonder what they are uh, really saying there. So with any other expectation than that, we are to be called to answer to every principle advanced in that day when the secrets of all hearts will be revealed. So what is that day when the secrets of all hearts will be revealed? Is that referring to the judgment is that referring to um the end times or or what i anyway i, I find that uh, a very interesting paragraph to ponder on hmm. um so for those who uh, were able to to read the the homework assignment um what are your thoughts on um the doctrine and the covenants and and how that uh looked like back with joseph smith's time and and how we have it uh, currently you know uh, we'll we'll be talking about it at length uh with our week number 13 but anyway why why do you think the lectures on faith were taken out decanonized or or what have you uh from uh that homework reading assignment um because it seems like they are crucially important to um to our day and uh, anyway what does that mean for us as as we're studying and, and looking into them um should we even bother <laughs> i think they wanted us to fight to find them and to be inspired yeah. and to want to seek them out yeah mm -hmm. i agree yeah it's kind of an interesting girl thing to uh to look at um somebody I, it, was it one of you guys? I can't even remember. Everything's swimming so much this last week, and there's so many different links and articles to read and things. But um, somebody sent me um, some screenshots of the chat in one of the the Facebook groups. You know, some people are starting to look into lectures on faith, and you know, not necessarily being super nice about <laughs> how they treat each other. But um, I, I find it very interesting. <laughs> it's not just us. You know, we're not the only ones that are kind of getting led with our come follow me uh lessons to also look into lectures on faith i mean it's kind of um kind of sweeping and uh i don't know i find it very exciting to to look at it uh this year specifically and what it has in store for us you know like you said uh seems like um it's some some plain and precious truths some some mysteries that are there for those who want to seek it who have to like make a sacrifice in order to to learn <laughs> like i said many times i've talked to lots of people and some people haven't even heard of it or they're like oh well we don't really 
read that anymore. It's not part of our scripture, right? Well, and then it says in 1921, at which time they were removed because they are not specific revelations to the church and were never sustained as such. So Mm -hmm. that does pretty much say they're for certain people, like they said, that are looking and like, you know, searching for that pearl, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty Mm -hmm. much what it says on the second, um, second paragraph in the preface anyway i thought that was interesting mm-hmm. yeah it seemed to me can you hear me okay because i've got my new okay yep. it seemed to me as i read it that there was the, also the impression that it may have been more appropriate for those times rather than the current times am i mistaken in that that was the impression that i got as i read over it Mm-hmm. Not that I, I'm not saying that I agree, but I think that that idea was put forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it all kind of depends on whose article you're reading. Cause there's some people that are like, you know, super in line with, yeah, they should be taken out. You know, lecture five is, is very counterintuitive to our understanding. And uh, Joseph himself uh, recanted some stuff versus. Have you people- read lecture five um, uh-huh. yet, Cameron? I have not ever read the lectures on faith. So having heard it kind of picked it pardon (laughs) just wait till we get to lectures five because having heard it referenced a number of times it raised what you call a question mark over my head Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah so there's you know some disagreement but i think it all comes from from misinterpretation too you know on um what exactly is being said and and implied kind of a thing um yeah lecture five on kind of like the nature of the godhead and who's who and and what their functions are kind of thing but um yeah uh, i was thinking that president Wilson has asked us to do is to go through the topical guide and to look up every scripture about the savior Mm -hmm. right yeah it seems like everything that we do goes back to what he has already like everything that we're focusing on what he's already said to do it's really cool mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i listened to you all thank you for sharing that i just watched it and i can't even tell you what it is who did it that you did... <laughs> anyway thanks for sharing that l that was really cool on the well, left. i don't remember what i shared <laughs> you put it in learning zion and um it's like an hour and 25 24 minutes long oh was it todd mclaughlin's no, 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 not him. The other one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> I don't remember. I hear <laughs> so much stuff. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I had a question and then I forgot it. Sorry. <laughs> I'll put it in there. Um, but yeah, so, you know, as the, the church gets expanding and, and starts going, you know, worldwide, um, the pattern of the school of the prophets is to kind of make the the circle smaller right so that we can build unity to understand correct doctrine in a more controlled environment and then all of a sudden 1920s you know like we're we're booming we're we're starting to to really spread things out and i wonder if it was for a wise purpose that it's it's just kind of taken out so that we can um make sure to study it appropriately in the the right places the at the right times kind of a thing versus uh just being kind of a pearl of great price 
it's just kind of getting trampled out there, you know, thrown out uh, kind of willy nilly, but um, it's almost as if it's been veiled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of my impressions anyway, because <laughs> seriously, the first time I read it, I was like mind blown of, wow, this is so cool. Why haven't I ever heard about it before? And um, anyway, I, I think that it's super crucial to us as we advance through the, the coming years. Uh, we've seen, <laughs> I quote it extensively, I'm not going to do it again tonight, but um, from, from Avraham's article, that the, the sons of the prophets, the school of the prophets pattern will play out in the end times. That's one of the, the parts of uh, the dominoes that, that will uh, come about when the end time servant comes through. And so um, I, I just find it so interesting that uh, many people are being led to it right now, and, and taking a look at it and um, taking some time to, to really chew on the, the principles there and, and learn and grow. That is interesting that you've discovered that many people are being led in that direction. Is that, are you alluding to other groups and other study groups and such? Uh -huh, yeah. Um, so uh, some that have, you know, uh, sent little screenshots to me or whatever of, of some other groups or uh, just hearing others talk about it. Um, the other day I was talking with Jody about it. Um, anyway, just just seems to kind of be, but on the flip side, some of the other people that I'm talking to are like, no, you should not <laughs> study it. It's, it's not really- You didn't know you were friends with Jody. That's super cool. Well, I mean, an occasional. Pass I guess that's where we all we all met up is in Jody's Jody's group, right? That's uh -huh, Jody Ramos's. What was the name of her group? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Place of Refuge, I think. Place of Refuge, yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah. I thought you meant Jody Stoddard. <laughs> uh huh. I did. You did. Wait, what? Yeah. You do mean Jody Stoddard? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like she was Wait, studying lectures on faith not too long ago or whatever. And so we were Yeah, kind of but what were you just saying? My brain heard something else completely. Oh, like Place some of us met while we were in her Facebook group. So like there was Moss's uh, Facebook group. Oh, okay. That was before my time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I got and so I, I put it out in Moss's group. I was like, hey, does anybody want to be a nerd and study uh, Abraham <laughs> with me? And then I, some of our group uh, copied it and pasted it into Jody's group as well. And so that's kind of yeah. where we originally started a couple of years ago uh, was in those two Facebook groups. Cool. Thank you. Um, let's see, let me pull up that, that article. Cause I find, um, Quite a few things to, to be kind of similar to other past homework assignments and stuff, but uh, I find it very interesting on who wrote the, the lectures on faith, because even if you still ask a lot of people, they just automatically attribute it to, to Sidney Rigdon versus some of these quotes are are very interesting that, yes, they, they mentioned Sidney Rigdon, but also Joseph Smith and um, uh, many others from the school and those what did I talk about the studies, like the linguistics on it? Authorship studies. Um, uh, so they compared it to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery, Sidney Rigdon, William W. Phelps, Parley P. Pratt. Um, and so I, I found this very interesting. 
So the, the first study, so Phipps's study, showed that Sidney Rigdon's use of function words corresponded very close with that in lectures one and seven, and fairly well with two, three, four, and six. Joseph Smith's use of function words match closely those in lecture five. I mean, surprise, surprise, the one that's kind of controversial, <laughs> with some evidence of his having co-authored or edited two, three, four, and six. So it seems like kind of um, Parley P. Pratt, kind of the bookends one and seven, and then uh, Joseph Smith with five, but also um, some parts of uh, everything in the middle. Um, but again, I mean, how can we know for certain or anything, but um, just reading those, it, it kind of seems about right, I would just say, you know, like having read some of Sydney's works and, and stuff, and then kind of taking a look at lectures one and seven, it, it does kind of seem right up his alley, um, uh, some of those principles. And so I would just love to be like a fly on the wall of when those four got together, you know, because the Lord called them to, uh, to gather this, this doctrine and, and write these lectures and things, and to uh, just kind of be, be on the assignment end, like, okay, how about you write about the character of God, and I'll write about the attributes, and you write about the outcomes, and, and then we'll all get together and write the preface kind of thing. I would just love to to know the process on it, but it, it does seem very uh, veiled, if you'd say, because, like, we just don't know uh, hardly anything from uh, some of those really early years there. Right. I just um, finished reading Doctrine and Covenant section. Is it 107? The one that's uh -huh. on the priesthood. And it also makes mention of sort of counseling together and coming always to a perfect consensus. So I can see, um, I don't know if that uh, scripture was in existence at this time. I kind of think I didn't check the date on it. But what you were saying kind of made made my mind pop in that direction. And I go, oh, I just read that. And that sounds um, very much in the spirit of a collaborative um, work together. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, so it's kind of interesting taking a look at at the timeline of lectures on faith and <laughs> i was like why are we all waving <laughs> hello <laughs> sorry oh you're good sorry Grand i thought we were just waving at me um kind of taking a look at the the timeline of things like look at those early pioneers and what they were going through and receiving, you know, all of the sacrifices that were being made, the learning that was happening, and uh, like coming from last week, the blessings that they were actually um, receiving and, and learning how to uh, live according to divine law. And then um, as we take a look at the trajectory of the church, there definitely seems to be kind of like a a slump, if you could say that. Uh, you know, it's not the right words, but um, where a lot I kinda of like the word slump go with it <laughs> where I don't know like my mom has talked about it before where um when she was growing up 
like there wasn't the near the emphasis on the Book of Mormon that there was on you know other things right and uh, how there's been major changes or revamp or whatever you want to call it in the church you know within the last uh, couple decades here trying to to kind of get back on on schedule on on uh, priorities and and focus kind of thing uh, I don't know I, well, I not having lived thing, through there it wasn't, there wasn't an emphasis on Christ either not just the book mm-hmm. of Mormon, but Christ like, yeah like exactly. the of the church was so important and like nothing else mattered mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't know maybe that was just my perspective <laughs> right I've noticed that and so have a lot of people that I know that are outside of the church mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like it's only been like the last five years actually Mm-hmm. not that I don't think it's been that long do you guys mm-hmm. yeah I just remember like when I was growing up you know kind of through Hinkley years and then Monson of um uh, uh just a, a double down on read the Book of Mormon like here read it by the end of the year like get it under your belt kind of thing that's where it kind of starts for me but you know I didn't live through the rest either but yes definitely during last five years Nelson and and, and everything it's like no man we're just like pushing everything else aside like figure out what doesn't work and actually how to to hear him connect with god kind of thing and um it's interesting if you take a look at all of the general conference talks um within you know the latter part of of uh uh I'll, i keep wanting to say nelson it's not nelson uh monson's years um and and up into Nelson's years, how many times lectures on faith is quoted in general conference, um, whether it's footnoted or not. But there's there's so many references. You can tell that the brethren are definitely reading those and citing those um, quite extensively. And it's fascinating, Cameron. I that's a really interesting observation. As you were speaking, I thought of. Joseph and President Nelson kind of bookending that whole um, push and encouragement to get connected with your personal revelation and know how to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like uh, Joseph Smith, right? Um, brethren, either learn how to actually give blessings or stop giving them kind of a thing. And <laughs> President Nelson kind of on, on this end of the spectrum going, huh, you know, it was kind of like an organ. He sat down to play, but didn't have any power. So get the power. <laughs> it's time to to learn how to use the, the things that we've been given. I, I, I very much see a lot of chiastic, <laughs> if you'd say that, um, kind of bookending uh, happening with Joseph Smith and uh, President Nelson. Um, Who is right in the middle? When you say chiastic, who's the prophet right in the middle? Ooh, <laughs> that's put me on the spot. Okay, let's figure it out. Um, so President Nelson's number 17, right? Super um, good question. Thank you, Laura. Are we going time-wise or just president? president. I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's do president. Let's see what the presidents are. Timeline is a good question, though. I'd like to know that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> I should screen share this whole thing so I'm not just sitting here talking to myself. Okay. Prophets <laughs> of the Restoration. Let's see what we got. All right. So if we're at 17, we're going to be looking at like eight, eight and a half, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. eight. Nine. President McCain. 
So McKay's like eight smack in the middle or? Him and eight after him, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yep, eight. He's 17. Then, yep. Yeah. So David O. McKay is the middle point as far as chiastically speaking between those. So if we're taking the years, <laughs> what are we even at? Okay. So are we going from like 1820 or 1830? Um, so if we go 2022 minus, let's go 1830 since it's organization divided by two, 96 plus 1830. So 1926 would be the middle mark. So we're talking Heber J. Grant, if we were doing time-wise and David O. McKay, if we're just doing numeric profits. kind of interesting like a whole new study for us i know right <laughs> i feel like things really started changing once president benson got in and was teaching us how we were under condemnation for treating the book of mormon lightly and yeah. i think things started shifting gradually from there mm -hmm. Yeah, because my first taste was with Hinckley because I just wasn't around with Benson. Well, I mean, like I was alive, I guess, but not yeah. old enough to know. But well, reading some Benson of Benson wasn't scared to talk about the second coming and the rough things coming ahead, where a lot of <laughs> other ones kind of tiptoed around it. Yeah. He was pretty much like, you better get yourselves ready. It's coming. <laughs> you can see the agriculture stuff going down. He knew the wickedness in the government. Like he had a really good um, feel of it, and he wasn't scared to talk about it where I feel like a lot of them don't dare talk about it because they don't want to scare us or it's just not their thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm and dating, I'm dating myself, but I um, remember <laughs> David O. McKay. Yeah. He, he, to me, when I was a little girl, he was like my vision of a prophet. I remember just loving to look at his gorgeous head of white hair and thought, <laughs> that's what a prophet looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, is I mean, interestingly enough, I mean, this is just coincidental, kind of funny, but like, look at where the beard ends. As soon as the, the, oh my the word. midpoint. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That is a good observation. That is super good. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, what was I going to say? There was something... The other thing, Cameron, I wanted to ask is I'm not in those other groups or I haven't been paying attention to them opposing studying it. What did you say they oppose studying? What's their reason in opposing studying this? The lectures on faith? Yeah. Uh, because um, lecture, well, I might <laughs> keep my screen share on while I can. Well, <laughs> um, so lecture five is kind of the... How the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost work together on my behalf that part uh-huh yep so here's kind of there are two personages who constitute the great matchless governing and supreme power over all things and so um many people look at this in a very negative aspect of we're trying to throw out the holy ghost and that there's only two people in the godhead oh and yeah. so I mean, yes, you can read it like that, but honestly, it, it's just Adam-God theory in different words. 
And so um, if you take a look at it in its proper context, it's not really not the, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. It, it's just talking about the Godhead over this world as two beings. Right. And so, yeah. Okay. And um, it's kind I, of all the always the intellectuals that have issues with stuff. You know what I mean? Like not, yeah. I'm not pointing anyone specifically, but from my from my experiences, it's very intellectual people that check that out. To me, I read the whole thing. I didn't see anything that seemed wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it at all. And remember when we had our author chat, well, author chat with um, Todd McLaughlin, Herrick Mielstein from uh, Triumph of Zion. And uh, what was one of the, I can't remember what question we had asked that, that sparked it. Oh, but, that's right. Uh, Todd McLaughlin that. said, if you're ever wondering what to study or whatever, you know, like go back. Joseph Smith was never wrong. Like always take his word yeah. for it and, and go back to the original meaning kind of thing. Because there's so many people that are quoting Joseph Smith, but with, I mean, they could or may not have their own interpretations or traditions placed upon it kind of thing but go back and read his original things and so i think that it's kind of like our downfall of um taking and looking at the lectures on faith already with a prejudice of hey this has been decanonized joseph smith must have been wrong and he recanted it later kind of thing which i mean there are certain things that that seemingly contradict but haven't we found that throughout all scripture, anytime that there's a contradiction or a paradox to be solved, that that's where the mysteries lie, right? Like when you have something that's seemingly opposite, that's where the Lord wants you to, to focus and, and spend your time to unwrap that beautiful package of a mystery and take it to him and ask him what it means. And so I think that that, I, I know, I don't think Joseph Smith ever recanted anything that he says and um, approves of in the lectures on faith. But I think that um, some of his, his later Nauvoo period uh, expositions on faith are helping us manage the paradoxes that come with, with faith. Because, I mean, look at last week with our, our outcomes, right? These people learned how to part the veil and, and see God the Father and uh and jesus christ i mean they they got the patterns they were seeing angels they were seeing visions they learned how to use their spiritual gifts based upon what joseph smith taught them and so if we're looking at the same teachings and not receiving the same experiences then there's something <laughs> saying that there might be something that we want to take a look at and ask the lord okay what things that am i bringing to this that aren't the same or might be hindering or veiling my experience uh, to receive the the same blessings kind of a thing. Does that make sense? I'm kind of like all over my place with my words tonight, but um, well, that makes sense. Kind of, like the pattern's the pattern and there's divine formulas, divine laws, and they work. Joseph Smith proved that they worked with many people, not just himself. And so I don't know. It's kind of and the prophet's telling us to do that. I mean that <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, sometimes I don't understand why people have so many issues with <laughs> uh -huh. exactly so anything that's not right in the scriptures. Like they just don't. Anyway, we talked about that before. 
Uh-huh. So doing your own study, because I'm not going to give you the answer on this one, <laughs> but take a look at each of these prophets and research them extensively on who testified publicly about seeing the Savior. And, and I think you'll see a correlation with that chiastic pattern as well. Because not all of them did. Um, I, I mean, publicly talk about it. Um, there were some that were either hadn't or very veiled and secretive about it versus others that are pretty yeah, open and adamant. How do we research that? <laughs> I don't know, just Google it. That's how I did it anyway. Um, but just looking at uh, all of the prophets and apostles that have bore witness of their either more sure word of prophecy or their um, uh, apostolic witness, anytime that they're using certain phrases uh, that, that mean that they have actually seen him. You know, like Lorenzo Snow's famous one, right? Where um, this is a, kind of a secondhand account. It's not necessarily public. Um, but where um, he, he shows his daughter, was it his daughter, right? Am I getting that wrong? Daughter, niece, something in the temple, in the Salt Lake Temple. He's like, that's where the Savior stood. And he was above the ground and, and all this kind of stuff and, and that whole experience there. I, I, some people talk about it so openly and then, um, and some just kind of don't. But then take a look at all of our modern apostles and their witness videos. Um, and which ones are are telling you with the right language I, i've seen him <laughs> kind of thing and uh from lectures on faith not lectures on faith sorry school of the prophets um was that last week or the week before i don't know it's kind of all running together but where joseph smith says now brethren that you have seen this you are now ready to to go be apostles kind of a thing and so i don't know it's just kind of an interesting thing to to look at and ponder. I've got my own spreadsheet, but I want you guys to do your own <laughs> study and learn and grow on that one. Um, because uh, the, as the prophets of the restoration, there's some interesting correlations there. Um, let's see, what else do we got? We've got like 15 minutes and I think <laughs> I'm about out of material. Not if you tell us all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Are you supposed to listen to your mom, Cameron? Yes, Mark. <laughs> the wisdom of them. But um, wasn't it Leslie that was talking about it a, a couple of weeks ago or something that she's like, I can't remember where you were even watching it, but I think it was off of the Anthony Sweat one, right? Where um there's the doctrine and covenants, and then then they took out the doctrine. Like <laughs> there's this whole half that is kind of like decanonized, went missing kind of a thing. Um, I, I just love looking at these uh, original things here and how it talked about that in, in the article there. But um, the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Latter-day Saints carefully selected from the revelations of God and compiled by these, these four. Um, then part second is the Covenants and Commandments to his servants of the Church of, of Latter-day Saints. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting um, because how many people, if you could take like a poll of your ward members, how many people know 
what is referred to as the doctrine and what is referred to as as the covenants. The the doctrine is the the lectures on faith. Although there is doctrine in the, the covenants, right? But um, anyway. <laughs> I um, got really interested about what was going on in 1921. I wondered even what was going on in the world. So I did some searching on that, but it doesn't seem like anything very, you know, I didn't, at least I did a real cursory. I didn't find anything that just kind of jumped out at me. Yeah, let's, let's take a look at that because I mean, we're, we're kind of living uh, around that same time frame. So what happened in 1918? I mean, that's kind of like the, the pivot point for the the world uh right 2020 is for us what 1918 was for them it was the flu pandemic wasn't it yeah wasn't that the flu? yeah and so um we have i don't want to get this wrong what joseph f right not joseph fielding i i never can tell this two apart i'm so bad at it anyway joseph f smith right 1918 flu pandemic and he's uh Elder Ballard, you know, just kind of gave this talk not too long ago about how the heavens were brass. All prayers were seemingly <laughs> reflected back down like nothing was getting through to heaven. He was struggling so much to understand and, and understand um, the world and why God would let certain things happen, etc. Is that then, Joseph F. Smith that you're speaking about? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked it up so I wasn't wrong. <laughs> but um, anyway, and then he receives uh, the grand vision, uh, spirit world and, and all of that revelation, right? And then after that is kind of, well, I mean, through that, but after that is kind of like this weird dip in, in the world. I mean, uh, people are, are wearing face masks, but they're also judging each other. <laughs> Does any of this sound familiar? Uh, the, the church was had a, a huge kind of uh, a rocky point there. I mean, they were trying with all their their might to to maintain, but um, there there were lots of divisions uh, amongst church members, uh, politically, ecclesiastically, um, and so take a look. 1918 at 1919 was was kind of the the flu pandemic there, and then we have 20 and 21, and then 20 by 2021, lectures on faith are are taken out because. Zion's not as strong as it was before, right? I mean, lectures on faith is is about unity, bringing people together, learning about God, learning how to part the veil, and uh, it requires a, a certain caliber of faith in order to to even start studying them, kind of a thing. And so, I think that it's it's an interesting timeline there. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, when we do get to, to week thirteen. Uh -huh, like sorry. Moses coming down from the mount and we lost something huge. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a pattern there. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is a really interesting observation. I actually did not have never read anything about Joseph F. Uh, Smith's experience. Do you have any links for those that would like to read that? Uh -huh, yeah. Let's see. Um, a lot of it is in that, that general conference talk by uh, Russell and Ballard. I'm getting it really quick. And the vision he had is in the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh huh. Yeah. What is it? DNC 138, I believe. Could be wrong. 
everything kind of runs together. But um, anyway, this is uh, Elder Ballard that is giving kind of a synopsis of that that story. Um, it might not go extensively into like the flu pandemic and all of the aftermath and stuff there, but um, let's see. When was Jesus the Christ written? It was 1915. All right, so that like comes out right before the, the pandemic. And then um, afterward, uh, Talmadge is, is pretty much the kind of one that spearheads it and, and gets it decanonized. Um, anyway, we have lots of interesting things that, that happen around that time. And uh, between then and, I don't know, I would say McKay, Benson type era, uh, you have a lot of issues within the church. I mean, it's a rocky point of, it's a messy time for church leadership. And, you know, and I'm not trying to name names or, or disprove or, or anything because they're all called of God and, and they're all working to the best of their ability kind of thing. But um, anyway, it's just rocky. Uh, there's lots of councils that they don't agree on things and they have doctrinal issues left and right. And anyway, it, it's just kind of a, a messy time in our, our church history, uh, which we usually like to just sweep under the rug. And, <laughs> you know, with look at our modern apostles and, and prophets and stuff for the, the past few presidencies. I mean, they're just, they work so in unison and, and so in tandem that we just wouldn't know that it was ever otherwise. Um, but uh, just kind of researching some of those, those things um, uh, kind of just opens up a, a new light on, on that period of the church. And uh, just the world in general uh, was, was kind of suffering during that time. Right. And we have wars happening. I, there's just, it's just rough. <laughs> was, this, was James E. Talmadge in the first presidency with, that's a good question. Um, um, Joseph F. Smith. Looking it up really quick. James E. Talmadge. He is the apostle corner of 12. Um well, that article was not very helpful. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to find like a good article that talks about that. Because you were saying James E. Talmadge wrote the Jesus Christ in 1915. Uh -huh. And yeah. then this flu outbreak was in 1918. It was just three years later. So mm -hmm. it seems like he might have been in the presidency with Joseph F. Smith. He very well could have been. Um, so Joseph F. Smith, his presidency ends during the, the pandemic. And yeah. then um, Heber J. Grant comes next and goes, for, I mean, he's like a long sitting president. And um, so Heber J. Grant goes to 1945 and um, James E. Talmadge dies in 1933. So, uh, but I don't know as far as, I, I'm trying to still look it up here. if he was in that first presidency there. Uh, 
I guess an E flat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, my fast fingers aren't doing very much. <laughs> if anybody finds it out, let me know, but <laughs> I'm not finding it right off the bat. I have a question that's on a different topic. You made mention of uh, something that you did with an, a group of people, including Todd McLaughlin. Is there a video of that? Uh huh. Yeah, that should be on the Learning Zion site, is it? Let me see. We did that right after Triumph, right? I mean, it was like at the tail end. Yeah. Um, so screen share. <laughs> you guys are going to get sick of my screen sharing. All right. So as you're on the home page, you'll scroll down and where it has Triumph of Zion by John Pontius, the very last one is the author chat. Um, I tried to get Terry Pontius in there as well, but um, anyway, she just didn't want to necessarily do that. But um, Herrick Muelstein, which is a nephew that has spearheaded so much of the publications of uh, John's other projects and things like that. And then Todd McLaughlin, who has, um, he, he kind of took over John's legacy of um, the unblog and uh, turned it into a Facebook group where, where people can continue the conversation kind of thing. So that's why I kind of chose them as the, the authors for the author chat. Um, it's the closest we could get without you know, summoning John himself. <laughs> well, on James E. Talmadge, he was an English chemist, geologist, and religious leader who served as a, served as a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church from 1911 until his death. Oh, yeah. So he definitely um, overarched that. So Joseph F. Smith starts in 1901. And so um, he would have been not right at the beginning of Joseph F.'s presidency, but um, in later on. And then uh, he dies in 1933. So he served under two prophets then, Joseph F. Smith and Heber J. Grant, looks like. But not in the first presidency, if he was just in the Quorum of Twelve, right? It would Correct, yeah. So it would, um, let's see, James E. Talmadge. Let me type in first presidency and see if that comes up with anything. That's what I typed in. When he wrote Jesus the Christ, he did it in the Salt Lake Temple up in upstairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at the time in 1915, it says that Jesus the Christ was written and um, endorsed officially by the first presidency, which were Joseph F. Smith, Anthon H. Land, and Charles M. Penrose, or Charles W. Penrose, James R. Clark. So he wasn't part of the first presidency at that point. And then later on, it says that the first presidency had some objections to certain chapters and asked him to them to review them. And then they officially, I mean, then they eventually take that official rec, uh, endorsement and put it as unofficial. 
Yeah, I'm just wondering the when church exactly website gets in there. You can get Jesus the Christ, and you can listen to it on the church website, mm-hmm. the church app, the church library. Yeah, and it's one of the the four that you can read as a missionary. <laughs> Not lectures on faith. That's weird. But yeah, I, I don't mean to like sound like I'm downing James E. Talmadge. When we go through week 13, we'll we'll kind of see both sides of the angle and uh, take a look at that. But So that I'm clear, because this is all very new to me, he was the one then that was instrumental in having it decanonized. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, he's the one that spearheaded it. Um, uh, taking a look at uh, the church as a whole and saying, there's there's some inconsistencies here and and we think we should just remove it so that we're not having people fighting about it um that was in the the homework for today i think wasn't it where it kind of talks a little bit about that that was talmadge that did that uh-huh yeah um yeah let me pull up so this is the the homework for today um and it's under the section why no lectures um since 1921 and introductions. Yeah, that's the one. Or is it? Yeah. Let me see Talmadge. Yeah, so elders James E. Talmadge, John A. Widso, and Joseph Fielding Smith served as a committee to consider whether to continue to publish the lectures in that format. <clears throat> it was thought by Elder James E. Talmadge, chairman. So he's like the, the main guy on it. And other members of the committee who were responsible for the omission that to avoid confusion and contention on this vital point of belief, which I mean, because it is vital. I mean, everything's about the Godhead, right? It would be better not to have them bound in the same volume as the commandments or revelations, which make up the Doctrine and Covenants. Hmm. But yet they still kept the name as Doctrine and Covenants because there's doctrine in the covenant section as well but yeah anything anytime anything's like taken out or <laughs> changed or modified in any way like i'm all on that i want to like know why and and figure that all out um and, and it just makes me want to study it more <laughs> i'm that kind of a person <clears throat> but um anyway hopefully that wasn't like too negative. I, I wasn't meaning it to uh, come off that way, but um, I think that the lectures on faith are so great and so important that um, uh, th- they will play an instrumental part in the these last days. In the as the, we progress on and um, learn how everything works together with the this end time scenario that. Uh, lectures on faith and learning those principles so that we can pull down the same blessings as uh, the school of the prophets, sons of the prophets, etc., um, will be crucial as we we move forward. I don't think it's any coincidence that we're have been led to kind of to study this at at this time, uh, and that we're not alone. There's a few other people that are um, also studying. Yeah, that. we all voted on it too. It was unanimous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was unanimous. <laughs> <laughs> I was prompted to start studying them in 2020. Well, it was 
through Katie's Institute classes because they went on Zoom. I could sit and listen too. And I found out about them and I had a hard time finding them. Mm-hmm. And then in 2021, when a podcast brought them up and she had us read them that week and I tried, but it was like, because she wanted us to read them like right now. And mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they're so oh. short. You can just breeze right through them, right? <laughs> no, I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it takes Plus, so much brain power. I've had them on the on my list of trying to figure out what are those? What were those? Oh. Yeah, they're they're super fun. I, I just love all of them. Um, so next week, as we dive into a lecture first, um, let's see, where is my schedule? There it is. Um, yeah, I don't have any other homework assignments other than read lecture first. It's not until lecture fourth that you start memorizing. <laughs> but if you want to start memorizing now, that's totally fine. But um, and if anybody's new to the whole memorization principle, um, at the end of lectures four, five, and six, the the catechism at the end, the questions and answer period, um, all say that some of these evidence are so foundational that they should be committed to memory. And so, just like six, right? What was that? Especially six. Uh-huh, yeah, they all uh, say about the, the same kind of language there on four, five, and six. So in uh, lecture four, it's only verses five through 19. In lecture five, it's verse two, which is pretty much the whole lecture. And then um, lecture six is all of the, the whole lecture, uh, verses one through 12. And so interesting to know, you know, like what's the kind of controversial one from from tonight that leads to it being decanonized and it's 5-2 which um is one that joseph smith said you should probably commit this to memory I, I doubt that there is equivocation in that invitation speaking of like the words of joseph smith remember like i was i probably derailed myself on that thought line that's where i was going with it but when tom mclaughlin said that we should study uh joseph smith um that words of joseph smith that's going to be one of my next projects is after i get done with lectures uh, recording that audiobook um but anyway reading through it if you have time this summer that, that's an awesome book to to be reading through the the words of joseph smith um Ah, who compiled it? Just a second. Let me bring it up so I don't do it. Don't misquote it anyway. It's on my hard drive, so it's going to take just a second to boot up. It is so expensive. If anybody <laughs> wants a copy of it, like I can figure out the pricing and, and get it printed out. But Because I believe that it's out of copyright. Hopefully I'm not super out of line there. Um, learning library books. Ah, where is it? Um, words. Well, I don't know. I will find it and I will. Find- posted I guess it's not coming up like I type in that and like thousands of things come up so anyway 
Um, it's called Words of the Prophet Joseph Smith, but I forget. I think it's Lundwall, but I could be wrong, who uh, compiled all of those together. Run back and look at my copy real quick. You want? Yeah, if you have it, like you know where it's at. So because... I know right where it's at. <laughs> can't believe I can't find it. When I switch computers, then everything is just like all over the place. Sorry. But I can screen share. Oh man, can I screen share? <laughs> You're so happy about that, I can tell. <laughs> It was just so crippling not to be able to share the things that I was looking at in real time. You were crippling us too, Cameron, and not be able to screen share. So we're happy with you. Remember back, was it during like Isaiah Decoded? I think the first time that we went through, I mean, I was screen sharing the crap out of things. Like, like I, as I was like understanding it and comprehending it for the first time, because I, I studied lecture or uh, Isaiah decoded for the very first time. I read it through with our, our book club here and I was just like downloads all the time, but I had to like visualize things. So I'd like chart it all out and like have like beautiful <laughs> charts and, and things to show y'all. And then my computer just died and the part of my soul went with it. That's <laughs> <laughs> Pretty dramatic. <laughs> I just a little bit. That was wow. <laughs> I'm just happy have been part of your journey. <laughs> yeah. What was I gonna find for you guys? Like who compiled it? Like um, compiled by Andrew F. Ehat. E H. -A oh yeah, Ehat. And probably edited by Lyndon W. Cook. With a forward by Truman G. Matson. Yeah. It was done in 1991. Yeah, I've got a copy of it somewhere. I know that it's on Learning Zion too, so you can download it from there. Is it reading? What, what was that? Is it pretty tough reading? It's not too bad because it, it breaks it down into like little sections. So um, these are all just compilations of people that were like shorthanding him as he's he's giving discourses, right? Oh. And so um, sometimes it's just like a little couple sentences. Sometimes it's the whole discourse uh, kind of lined out. Um, but I mean, it breaks it up into little manageable sections. So it's not just like endless chapters of tough discourse to, to wade through. Um, Chrissy, can you hold that up? Can you hold that back up? Why? <laughs> no, let's see how thick it is. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good size. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on Learning Zion, if you go to book club recordings, um, I started this a while back, but I haven't necessarily kept it up. But I've started uh, doing the audio recordings. Um, and so you can listen to them there. So like this oh, one, like perfect. nine minutes, four minutes, 28 seconds. <clears throat> nice. I, I started chronologically, so um, I, I got to, I think, just in the, the 30s is all, is where I'm at. Um, I didn't know that was in there. I know. <laughs> you just got to start exploring. We've been around <laughs> more. I do snoop around a lot, but more. It's huge. It, it is. What you have in there. But it's a little cumbersome, so I'm gonna to try to make it better as soon as I'm got some got some time. Anyway, anything else for for tonight? <laughs> Sorry, I feel like we went on so many 
random little tangents. I wonder how group B will go. <laughs> anyway, but if not, um, yeah, just lecture one for for next week. It's gonna be a fun ride. It's gonna happen like really quick, short order, um, with education week smashed right in between. It's gonna be fun. Tracy. Yeah, I'm not going to be at the temple on Wednesday. I just wanted you to know that Relief Society wants me to do something that day, and I can't be two places at once. All right, I'll catch you another time. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun. We will see everyone next week for another fun chat. Have a great Thank week, you. everyone.